Bienvenidos a Jonathan y Katie, viviendo con Jonathan y Katie. Guys, I'm very excited. I love that we are very on brand today. Yeah. Why don't we wear this every week? Every week. Hoy estamos viviendo. We are living. We're not just existing today. We are living and thriving. Yes. Guys, so if you don't know, <laughs> this go. week is our homage to Walter Mercado. Yeah, Walter Mercado. Um, we just both saw the documentary. Well, I saw most of it and Katie saw all of it because she's insufferable. Um, As you fling your little cherry around. My little cherry? Honey, little cherry, haven't known of that one for at least 20 years. This is hilarious. This is a character. Wait. Don't you stamp, what is it? Don't you stamp your lassies and Prada shoes at me, Missy. It's like full on a little whip. Yeah. Also, I would love, it would be very like Moschino or Moschino, sorry. Honey, get it? Mm-hmm. I made a pun. Yep. But to have a little purse that was literally the size of a cherry. Mm-hmm. That would be very fun. Don't all, steal that design. And all you kept in it was your birth control. Yeah, my single or a quaalude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would or be hilarious. My, or prep, my pill of prep. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gotta take my prep, and then like I zip, unzip it open, and it's like blue pill falls out. Imagine that would be the world's tiniest zipper. It would be like a little mouse zipper. How cute! Oh, honey, no, the world's tiniest zipper b- belongs to Enrique Iglesias. You know what I mean? Did you I like that hear- you're doing a lot of camera work because you go. <laughs> Look, I just filmed something for the El Rey Network. I'm a star now. Yeah, guys, if you don't know, Jonathan uh, has been thriving in this quarantine <laughs> getting booked right and left um no um i do think that did you ever hear about when enrique iglesias was like doing a concert and he was drunk and he just told everyone at the concert my penis is so small it's such a small penis <laughs> no but i know that he was known for like mouth kissing fans which now can you imagine Ew. Oh, that was like a known common thing. He would like mouth kiss girls in the front row. Ew, and how does he know how old they are? They could be like seven. He doesn't care. He's a lover for everybody. But also, who cares about those dumb kids? What about like his <laughs> hygiene? His, he probably has many different types of herpes. Simplex yes. one, two, and three. <laughs> it's a, it was a very, it was in the 2000s. We didn't know then. He, I never liked Enrique. I just didn't like him. He just, his music was not good. It was whiny. I went on a summer vacation and it was when Bailamos came out and they only, I basically heard it only for three weeks straight on like Eurovision pop. Yeah. But other than that, tell me, oh yeah, go ahead. No, how was your week been? Um, Since we last spoke, I'm trying to think what happened. Um, I... Did nothing, said nothing, cried a lot. Um, no, I'm trying to think of anything even remotely interesting. I think I said, oh, we saw a man in the park with the largest ass we'd ever seen, and I called you about it. Oh, yes. Because Tell we, the listeners. We, were, we went to the park. We just wanted to, like, you know, get out of the house, eat a little snack. So we went to, like, a park near Griffith, and a man was there with his two dogs, which you would have loved to because he was, like, lounging on his um, picnic blanket, and his dogs were large dogs, and they were sitting beside him like little, like, sphinx guardians. Yeah. It was very, like, um, 
Donatella and then her like gay men army, you know, right. just like pose. Right. So the dogs were like the whole time just by him and he was like casually reading. I don't know what he was doing in the park. And then he, and we didn't notice anything wrong. Or he's reading, wrong. he's reading the bestseller, How to Bottom with a Big Ass. Yes. <laughs> and we didn't know that he wasn't a normal man until he stood up and we literally both were like, like <laughs> it almost hit us. He had the largest ass we'd ever seen on a human man or woman, I think. And uh, instantly, Chris leaned over me and he goes, that's Jonathan's type of man, huh? And I was like, yes. And then we wanted to take a picture, but it was like a little bit too obvious. Um, but he was walking away from us for so long and we could just see the ass just like, bing, 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 so far away. I just want to see it because I know if I could, I could tell if the ass was real or if he had butt implants. I felt that he had implants because it was so pronounced. But the fact that they were like, they were just like moving very naturally and elegantly. Yeah, but can I ask, what was his body type? Like the rest of his body? Just like the dudes you send me, like thick and, kind of thick and stocky. Oh, okay. Then that was probably a real ass. Because how you can really tell implants is when a absurdly, basically like gay twinks and muscle guys will get fat man's ass like put onto them. (laughs) And it's like, yes, but it doesn't look real because no, no other part of your body matches it. Because in order to get a big ass like that, like, yeah, you need like genetics, but you also need the right amount of fat on you or else you just won't get that ass. Yeah. Do they look from the front? Do they look a little hourglass or like a little heart behind Yeah, them? because you need big hips. Now, see, I have big hips. Okay. Honey. I've been told by, by actually, I was told by... um. A, a hip scout? Dude. No, I was, a hip scout. I was told by a white dude once, God, you have big hips. Like, you're, we're, I've never seen a dude that has, like, hips that is that big. And I was like, well, I think you're just racist and only have slept with white people. Because it is true. Like, I've never really seen, like, a white dude with, that has, like, thicker hips. Well, I would have said, honey, these hips don't lie. <laughs> Can you tell me about your outfit today? Uh, this is a ancient shawl. Um, that it was, was your knitted. abuelitos. No, it's ancient. Um, mm-hmm. It was his um, abuelos and his abuelos before his. <laughs> and the was, first pride. It was, yeah, it was the first pride. It took place in Cusco. <laughs> it was knitted there by ancient indigenous monks. Uh, no, it's just some uh, fag rag from like, I don't know. Spencer's gift or something. <laughs> hey, was the guy's ass like this? Look. <laughs> Literally, yes. And then they like bounce as you walk away. Why am I a prop comic today? I don't know, but I like when you whip it around. <laughs> I can't get it. Hold up. Literally, if we were in like SNL in the mid 2000s, that's all they needed for a character. Yeah. Like, cherry guy. Oh, I did think that my Anton LaVey could be an SNL character. Oh, it was great. Because I basically don't change. Because I don't really do, like, broad (laughs) characters. But imagine if I was, like, I was just dressed up like the Church of Satan guy. Bald, right? Bald cap. And I'm just, like, the sketch is you. You're as Jane Mansfield. And and you're scared to get into the car, right? And I'm just, like, Jane, get into the car, Jane. It'll be fine, just get in the car. Like, we're just going for groceries. It's going to be fine. And you have to be, like, very afraid. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything to you. You know, like, that type of stuff. I love how your shawl really, that was like a sexy accident. How it just shows off your little. <sighs> Oops. 
Oops. What are your necklaces? Oh, my necklaces. This is some like straight up like grandma costume jewelry that Nike had. These are earrings that I put on to the necklace, the chain, because I don't have pierced ears. Me either. It's the one thing our coven shares in common. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy that you don't pierce ears. Wow. I know, especially because I'm a Latina. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, honestly, they do pierce Latinas' ears like uh, while they're in the womb. That's yeah, exactly. Oh, and then I have, I don't know, what are these called? These like weird cuff. bracelets? A cuff. a cuff. Yeah, I have a cuff and then I have a ring. You do look like all the superheroes in one. Like you're like all your yeah. gimmicks. You're like, I have a cuff and a ring. And your earrings on the necklace are very like divorcee that just got into making jewelry. Yes. And they're called like Designs by Jan or whatever. She's making jewelry <laughs> now. Also, I have the all seeing eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just I... a, it's just a pen that I love to just be like, I would love to be that. Like, what if I was a sketch where it was the only reporter in the press conference with like funky pens? And they, it was like super serious press conference where someone was like, like this person's missing and like this person suspected. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so can you? <laughs> That's a good idea. It's like a Lizzie McGuire, like hot pink puff, like. Right. Oh, they were fun. Remember stationary as a kid? Didn't we talk about this before? Like yeah. stationary was like come through. Remember that time this relates. Remember that time we went to the Sanrio store in Little Tokyo <gasps> because there's no more Sanrio stores in malls anymore? Yes. We'll have to insert a picture. Um, yes, that was so, we literally were like, like fourth grade children. Yeah, because it had been so long that we've been someplace like that. I love a scented eraser. That was like amazing. A pencil box that like transforms in any sort yes. of way. And beautiful, beautiful Japanese plastic. Yes, like a glitter, glitter. Like, an like a beveled and glitter, and then maybe it even like flips up and is a calculator. And a puffed plastic, a puffed plastic. You know what I'm talking about? A soft squish, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the best. Many compartments, a mechanical, I don't know about you, mechanical pencils were so hot in my elementary school. Do I have one here? Hold on. Oh yes, oh my God, it's been forever since I've held one. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this ancient relic from the last century. <laughs> It's a mechanical pencil. Look at it. It'd be like. My favorite were when it was like, um, I, I forget which, uh, what's the brand in Pentel, not Pentel. Um, they were black and then they had like turquoise or pink or like whatever um, little handles. It was great aesthetic. Do you remember in school, people used to buy like a thick, the, 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 the one that they would sell in single use, the thick mechanical pencil that was really fancy. And it was like black and it always had like a clear rubber thing for your finger. That was the like doctor something. It was a yes. thick little jelly. Yes. Oh my God. Totally forgot about those. Yeah. And it was like to get one that was not a pen, a pencil. Yes. Was like you spent $15 on a pencil. It was like, I think it's like Dr. Grip or something like yes, that. Yes. Yes. I think that's what it was. And they were thick as hell. I remember I had, this is a very weird toy. I had a, a pencil once. I think it was like a Nickelodeon. Um, do you remember the like squiggly pens? Like you would turn it on, it would vibrate and then it would like squiggle all around. No, I was too young for that. It was a really bizarre thing. Like it was basically just a vibrating pencil. And I was like, that's not, that's not right. I, yes. If I had that, I would have put it inside me. So 
I'm glad I well, didn't have that. Speaking of Walter Mercado. <laughs> no, no more gay jokes about Walter Mercado. No. Wow, Katie's canceled. Wow, wow. She just, she just um, made a homophobic joke against a dead person. A dead virgin, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know if I believe that. But... He had so many one-liners. If you guys haven't seen the documentary, you have to see it. He yeah. had so many great one-liners. It's the it. So, uh, Mucho Mucho Amor is a documentary on Netflix that me and Katie just watched about the legendary Walter Mercado, which we grew up knowing about because most Latinos in the world grew up with Walter Mercado, as did I. And Katie is Latino adjacent because of her mom um, being a uh, school teacher. A white uh, Spanish teacher. A white Spanish teacher who does know fluent Spanish and is very, like, knowledgeable about, like, cultures and stuff. Um, and also, you grew up in SoCal, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was this, uh, if you guys don't know, he was a, a television astrologer who was big for decades and decades in, uh, in the United States, Latin America, and all over the world, but particularly with Latino communities. But what I didn't know from, um, that the documentary told me is that my generation, like the millennial generation, we're the last generation that actually grew up with Walter Mercado because he went off the air when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, which is very special. So that means like the Gen Z's that come afterwards that are like in high school now, like really wouldn't remember him for the most part, yeah. you know? Yeah, I always remember him just flipping through like late night. I feel like he would, as they showed in the thing, he did the talk show circuit, which by the way, I don't think daytime talk shows have ever, I mean, they were their true Dude. own art form. Huge. And their own art form. Jenny Jones makeovers, like, it's just not the same. Ricky Whatever they're Ray, trying to Ricky do now. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, so and good. And then in the Latino sphere, because I know more daytime from the Latino sphere, there was Don Francisco, there was Cristina. Cristina, um, I love. Cristina, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so there was so many. And then who was that? Sally. Who did they show? They showed him Sally, on Sally, Jesse Raphael. Yes. Maybe even Phil Donahue, maybe? um yeah he was a little earlier than me but yeah he definitely was part of that way maybe oh remember montel williams yes and you know who actually was the tail end of it and was doing really really well was mm. tyra oh tyra tyra stopped her show when she actually could have kept daytime she was really the only one uh doing it by yeah. that point you know that um so tyra was so good but we're not talking about tyra today <laughs> We're this isn't about, about Tyra. Walter Mercado. This is about another model. So what does Walter Mercado mean to you personally? I I just remember seeing him growing up. It was very just like mystical. And it was also that 90s thing of like calls now psychics, very daytime TV, a lot of just like pizzazz and stuff. Um, and I like, I would like, you know, you see him like flip through. So like, I just knew who he was. I wasn't like watching the full show or anything like that. Right. Um, but the documentary, I just, I loved so much because it was such a like, just simply delightful and charming documentary in the midst of like the hellscape of news, the like insanity of like Tiger King and stuff. Like, it's just nice to see something where nobody got like murdered by a tiger. Well. Yes, but he did get, really fucked over by that awful yes. manager yes who has nothing to regret oh my god what a demon oh when he said i have nothing to regret it's like that is when i realized you know how people say regret is a useless emotion when mm -hmm. he said that i realized it's not a useless emotion when you regret something it helps you not to do that again in the future in another circumstance 
So regret is actually a highly useful emotion. Um, and the fact that he didn't regret anything, I was like, you're a lying psychopath. You're a psycho. Your blood is cold, you know? So crazy. But and it I, is, yeah. No, no, no. I was going to say, I love how he was like, I just had him in court for $1. And then the documentary uh, flashed over to the lawyer and was like, actually, that wasn't true. Here's the contract. And he had him in court asking for over $14 million. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is like tales all of the time stuff of like, always read your contracts. Yes. Don't trust anybody. Especially like when it's that level of like um, extravagance too. Like, you know, he's flying like private jets. He's flying all over the world. Like yes. just craziness. I did think it was, um, I did think it was very beautiful when he talked about being younger and how he like healed a bird, mm -hmm. which if that was like yours and mine story, I would have been like, and then I sucked the blood out of the bird <laughs> <laughs> and I was shunned by the village. But the um, fact that everyone kept coming to his house so that he could be healed by yeah. this little boy, that's so like, that's so like stories that we hear from like India and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And we forget that in Latino culture, um, there is still that thread of mysticism involved with Catholicism where right. you have that type of stuff. And I grew up hearing that those types of stories from like my abuelita who would tell me that in Mexico, she was visited by a couple that she believed were uh, sent by Satan to lure her out and stuff like that. So like, and you know, she would do like limpiezas for my sister Judy when she got mm -hmm. sick and everything. So I, I, it's easy to forget when we're living our daily life now in our modern days that like, we're not very far from that type of mysticism, you know? I mean, look at you, you even found that old tiny, tiny um, costume of like your great grandma, who was definitely like alive in an age of like seances when that was like a big thing, you know? Yeah, I found her ghost dress. <laughs> yeah. It's an ancient, it's an older elder relative who died in the last pandemic, unfortunately, as we've Right, about. but the thing is, is, that's actually not that far separated from you because it's your what was your great grandma uh she would have been a of that generation yeah okay yeah but so. no of course and around the world i mean we, we love mysticism it's very fun it's why you know but what i really liked about him is that for the most part i felt like until the kind of like 1900 psychic stuff i felt like he wasn't being a like gross snake oil like person like because a lot of those types of dudes or like mega church pastors and stuff, I just instantly, they're like gross. And it's like very, you can just tell it's very manipulative and it's very whatever, but he just seemed like really fun and performative. And he was very positive. He wasn't like lying to people or being like, you're going to, you know, I don't know. He just, it, it I seemed even, very um, like um, from a good and benevolent place. Well, see, here's the thing. I, even think during the era of his like 1-800-CALL things where he basically, you're obviously not talking to him, you're, you're, you're calling just random people, right? I think that what they said in the documentary about him being naive, I totally believe that because of how easy he signed over his name and rights and likeness to um, Bakula. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he did that showed his naivete. And so I totally believe that, that um, Bill Bakula went to Walter and convinced him that this 1-800 thing was a good idea. And when he was on the talk show and he was saying, I, we have the best psychics who truly have this gift, gift, I do believe that Bill Bakula was telling him that these are real psychics with real gifts that these people are going to call. And I think Walter believed it probably because he was naive and probably because he wanted to believe that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, because it's easier for him 
Um, have you ever been to a psychic? You ever had an interaction with a psychic? No, but my dad's side in particular is very like Latinas uh, in tuned with psychic stuff. So my tia Pat actually would like try to tell fortunes through different means through like uh, crushing like, you know, those dried chili peppers that you mm -hmm. get in the bag um, that have been fully dried and uh, they're black uh like in that way and then she would tell me stuff like you know if you crush them and everything and then yeah. she would tell me things like she um back in in East LA when she was a teenager when their abuela ascension had come from the ranch to live with them in the projects she dreamt that her um her abuela was in the bathroom there in the apartment and had slipped and fell and cracked her head open and was bleeding. And she just like woke up all of a sudden and she ran to the bathroom and she had seen her abuela just slip in the tub. <gasps> and they were able to save her and everything was fine. Then she also told me a story about how my, my so that was my tia's abuela, which is my great grandma, right? Mm -hmm. So my tia's mom, my dad's mom, Petronila, um, that's my grandma, my abuela Petronila. She said that, and no, my abuela Petronila died like way before before I was born, but this is coming from my tia, that my tia, when she was a little girl, um, she there were these two twin girls that she was friends with, and they would always go across uh, Brooklyn, which was at the, that, that's what Cesar Chavez was at the time, Brooklyn Avenue. Um, they would go across Brooklyn Avenue to uh, get candy from the liquor store, and you know it's like a different time so you would just let kids go and walk together even though they were like 11 year old girls and they did it all the time but for some reason this afternoon my abuela petronila told her daughter which was my tia as a little girl no i i just don't have a good feeling about this mija like you're not gonna go and my tia threw a big fit because she was a little girl well those two twin girls on their way to the liquor store to get candy got hit and run over by a truck Oh my God. And they were little girls, so the truck didn't see them. Oh. And they, of course, like didn't stand a chance and they just got run over. So oh stuff like that, um, they, and then of course, they said that the power came from my great grandma Ascension, who lived to be a hundred. Um, and um, she didn't, they never said that she had any ability to tell the future. That was only with my tia Patricia and my um, abuela Petronila, she, they said that my um, abuela Ascension had the ability to heal people. And my dad, mm. when he had to go live on the ranch because LA's smog was too polluted for his diseased skin because he had a disease when he was a little boy, um, basically his grandma uh, Ascension like nursed him with like um, adobe mud and everything and to make him fall asleep. And she did this all the way until he was in junior high would just take her saliva and write things on his back and my dad would fall asleep. Oh, wow. I know, and my dad, who does not believe any of this and doesn't believe anything, he doesn't believe anything. Like, he's very skeptical. He's such, like, a person who went to law school. Like, if you told him your name is Katie, he's like, well, we'll see if that's <laughs> okay, you know? <laughs> he, he's the one who tells me the story that his grandma could put him to sleep by taking her saliva and just rubbing his back with it and he would fall right to sleep um and he would say that his dreams during the sleep would be him flying over the city 
always and it was a recurring dream so my dad's side has is the side with the latinos with like the mysticism like my mom has it too but the dad's side has it stronger yeah interesting what about you I do I have psychics in my family or anything or weird stories or doesn't need to be psychic it could be well my aunt so my aunt uh uh my grandmother who I'm named after died when my mom and my aunt were like uh 10 and 11 12 13 like they were young girls when she died and um but her mother survived or like her like so my great-grandmother their grandmother and my aunt when she was like in her 20s i think or maybe late teens she had a dream one night that her own mom came back to earth and then she like went running up to her and she was like mom you're back like you're back and that she turned her back on my aunt and was like i'm not here for you (gasps) and my aunt like woke up crying because she was like if why would you come like i'm your child and that was the night her mom her grandma died (gasps) so she came back to get the great-grandmother spirit to escort her that one wouldn't wouldn't that be so beautiful is every time you died from the other realm uh a spirit who you knew from this life is sent to collect you and it's always going to be someone like your mom or your grandma or your sister or whoever had you you had a close spiritual relationship your ancestor it's a very beautiful it's a very beautiful idea yeah i love um i'm trying to think of other creepy well i i had my tarot read once and it was incredibly accurate and very real and it was at a backyard barbecue and then i found out later that that tarot reader man had like moved to the desert and started a sex cult with two of his female co-workers as you do katie don't judge wow but i was katie like you know what? again <laughs> wow i was like you know what though still he still the cards were right i guess <laughs> he's like you've pulled the slut of spread legs <laughs> you know what card i pulled el loco look at that <laughs> Do you see that? What, which deck is that? Who, where'd you get that? Um, it was gifted to me by my lover. The lover card. El Mago. It's a Spanish deck of the tarot cards. Yeah. It makes Pretty it cool. much, anything that's like in Spanish or anything like that's Latin-esque, it makes it seem much more dramatic. Like anytime, like, you know, in the Paris Catacombs, how it's like, it says in Latin or whatever, it's like all basically like all ye who step in, bitch, you're gonna die or whatever. But it's like anything that's like muerte, da 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 da. Because it's it's the later of the romance language. La emperatriz. La emperatriz. <laughs> I did go, oh, I did go to the Santa Muerte store, well, slash church. Oh yeah, on, on, on Melrose, Melrose before. And that one is all figurines of Santa Muerte, and they have their um, their worship center next door, which is basically it's all skeleton mannequins dressed up in basically drag. No, yeah. they're all in like Walter Mercado like outfits. It's very sequinsy, very like glamorous. And I did buy a love candle um, there, like a love spell, Ooh. And, a, and another spell. And it said something, but it was like. It was like soaking a penny in milk or something weird. Yeah. I do like when s- spells are like, they're not just like, put a white candle in a room and just sit and think. Like, you know, I right, like right. when they're like, kill something or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like take something of the earth or take something animalistic or take some fluid of yours because you need to put something into this. I like that. There's a botanica that's old. It's in Highland Park on 58, Avenue 58 and York, and um, sorry, Fig by the juice place. If you're, if you live in Highland Park or from there, you know where I'm talking about. Um, 
It's called Nueva Era. And it's a type of botanica that is not like, there's one in downtown, a botanica in downtown, that is like a store. Like you go in and you can peruse the shelves and, um, you know, look for candles or different spices and teas. No, Nueva Era in Highland Park is a very small shop. So you go in and immediately you're at a counter, okay? Almost like, um, a, you know how dry cleaning stores are set up? Like you go in and you're like at a counter. There's like really nothing to them, right? So that's how Nueva Era is, except of course, there's like tons of like mystical things all around. And you basically have to tell the guy what's going on in your life. And he chooses the product for you. I love that. Yes. <gasps> yeah. That is very fun. Right. I'm so sad we can't go. I know. Um, and what's crazy is because just like last year, that's, that's right around the corner from where I was working at the carniceria. So I would always pop into um, there, but they hate when you pop in there and you don't actually, because he would come and I would just say like, solo estoy mirando. And then he would, he would just, you know, tell me like, okay, well. Don't come in until you have a problem, basically. Yeah. Like he would be like, like kind of like, uh, you know, because he got up all the way and he could come over. Because, you know, sometimes I just like want to be in there to like look around, but it's not for that. It's, you know, for a problem. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if I've had other like instances with spirits. But you know what I can't talk about? What Walter Mercado meant to me, which yes. honestly, right. I do have to say, um, Walter Mercado is the ultimate baggy gay guy. Like he is a fabulous faggot. And I mean that, I say those words in so much pride because um, gay people have taken back faggot. Like, so I just, I realized, and I told this to you, Katie, already in our private conversation, but I realized that Walter Mercado was the first gay man ever, or queer person ever, um, that I was ever, I ever saw on TV, because I started watching Walter Mercado when I was a toddler, like three years old, like from that time, that's like my first memories, um, Walter Mercado was part of them, because watch them at my parents house I would watch him at my parents house and I would watch him even more next door at the neighbor's house because the neighbors was my mom's best friend she was it was an Ecuadorian family and they had a daycare business that they ran out of their house so they of course would watch me for like half the price you know because my mom and her were like best friends so and both my parents worked full-time and so for the like my earliest memories is basically being at their house and they had this huge almost floor to ceiling big big tv and we would watch walter mercado and we would watch don francisco and we watch uh like the noticias the news and um i've always loved sitting in there i still remember because their house is a white house and they loved everything to be very nice and a lot of like tchotchkes and figurines that were very like um fancy but also they had that family loved stuff that was very garish and ornate. So when I watched- Very Walter. Walter, Very Walter. They didn't do a lot of mystical stuff, but they did do a lot of religious things. So Mm -hmm. they of course didn't have witchy things around the apartment, they were very Catholic, but they did have like a, basically just like a glass box with a wooden carved like saint, you know, like crying, like, you know what I mean? Or like marble figures of like saints crying and stuff. And it was, and of course, 
that those are my first memories is like eating Ecuadorian rice and watching Walter Mercado on their like blue they had these bright blue like uh sofas and yeah and then even when I got older and would watch Walter Mercado um at at home with my mom I remember that's actually when Walter Mercado started to scare me as a little boy I was very comforted by him but when I got older preteen age like 12 13 I actually stopped watching him because he started to scare me because when I realized that I was gay, any gay man that was very identifiably gay, what made me highly uncomfortable, even if it was a waiter at a restaurant who was very swishy and gay, he would make me like, like my stomach would be buzzing and it'd make me uncomfortable because I just had this fear that I would be uncovered by this man who knew that I was like him, right? So once I became aware that like, oh, Walter was perceived as highly feminine and gay, which you don't perceive when you're young because you're innocent. Yeah. Um, I, I started to feel uncomfortable by his gayness. Mm. Now I look back and I'm so thankful for his gayness and his queerness, but because of just outside pressure, I just felt like, oh, I can't be near that or else people are going to know that I'm like him in some way. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. But now I look back and he was such a positive force of queerness and femininity and honestly Latinoness, Latinidad and and mysticism, you know? He and and now to this day, look at the stuff that I'm like into. I'm into like my Latinidad, I'm into like witchy <laughs> mysticism and being fucking gay, you know? <laughs> and soon you're gonna be into fillers. <laughs> at, what we already know. Me and Kate so me and Katie do this thing, um, and I'll let Katie uh, talk now, but we do this thing where we like get a piece of paper and we just like go around our face and find out like where would fillers look good. So you could get like a piece of paper. And, and by could, this, like, this is a trick from America's Next Top Model, Tyra yeah. Banks. Yes. She taught us this in the um, early 2000s. Uh-huh. Instead of, yeah, you just, to plump up your upper lip. <laughs> okay, now do your brows. No smiling. Only very pouty. You have to come closer to the camera so we can see. <laughs> I love in the documentary that he said, um, they said, have you gotten work done? And he said, just a little Botox like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <Man, laughs> Are you, you're practicing laughing and not being able to move your face. <laughs> Men canta Lin Manuel Miranda. Did you, um, when you, when he was young, or like when you were younger and you weren't like aware of his sexuality and you were a little, what did you like about him? Just that it was kind of like magical. Magic scary, stuff always ridiculous. attracted to, always attracted me. And actually, um, I think it was because growing up Catholic, the church, like the St. Dominic's was a church in Eagle Rock where I was baptized and my parents got married. And it is built in this, like Spanish revival and the church is very like ornate and a lot of Catholic churches are very ornate, but it's built. It looks like um, a church that should be on one of the missions. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I always remember sitting in church and honestly, whether it was English mass or Spanish mass was never paying attention. Um, but I always just remember looking up and being filled with some type of like spirit by just mm -hmm. the grandness and ornateness of the church. And I think that made me very attracted to Walter because of what he said in the documentary about this concept of 
interreligion or pan-religionism and how they all intersect at one point on their basic level. Um, and I think because Catholicism, especially Latino Catholicism, um, Mexican Catholicism, especially, um, and Caribbean stuff is very like Catholic linked with mysticism, which I think comes from like, you know, the, uh, the mixture of like African uh, religions through the slaves coming through the indigenous religions that are native to those lands and the pagan religions that Europeans would bring to those islands. So I think it's like all that. I think that's why that Catholic religion in Latin America feels like, um, it feels like a gumbo, you know? Yeah. So. It is very moody. I always, um, like going to Europe, I always think it's so crazy that they decorate with like bones. Yeah. <laughs> that is so European. That is it's truly. Like, and like saint bones and then you'll, it'll be like saint front it'll be like a bony little like finger like wrapped in like some bloody gauze and it'll be like also it is so french <laughs> to think that it would be cool to decorate with bones and it's just them trying to tell us we don't think you're skinny enough yet love <laughs> i don't know why i did an english accent but they are the most i mean the designs are beautiful like yeah. it is but it is hilarious that they were like i have 10 femurs <laughs> and, they were like, and they were like spirals <laughs> like <laughs> it is so crazy but it is that was like the craziest um like most it's the most morbid religion for sure right of all the religions I think other than right. like I don't know maybe something else but um I'm trying to think I mean, I mean I don't know anything I honestly would love to know more about like mystic Judaism like Kabbalah like real Kabbalah stuff um not Madonna Kabbalah um i would love to know how mystical that gets but the jewish religion sometimes maybe because i didn't grow up in a very jewish area sometimes seems very like closed you know because one good thing about it is that it doesn't try to proselytize which i think is great yeah you know i love any i mean i do love that religions that have rituals yeah which i do think is like um like it's just very fun, especially when it's like food, you know, there's like Judaism has a lot of food-based rituals. I mean, I guess um, Catholicism does too with taking the blood of Christ. I took it once by accident. Um, in uh, I went to like Catholic mass with a relative and I didn't know you're like not supposed to take it. And, and I felt very weird. I was like very confused about the like juice cup and the snack. Like it was, I felt very weird and yeah. I also didn't I didn't know what to say like anytime and I just it made me all feel very uncomfortable and then after when I found out like you're not supposed to take it if you're not Catholic I was like oops not only are you not supposed to take it if you're not Catholic you're not supposed to take it if you haven't gone through some of the sacraments because there was a time where I was not allowed to take it because I of course I was born Catholic but um and I have the foreskin to show for it but I you were not allowed to take it if you hadn't completed certain sacraments yet. I do like the idea of confession. It makes, I, I feel like never I would want, you've never gone to confession. Never gone to confession. Honey, it's the hottest club. <laughs> because by the time, <laughs> confession, <laughs> it has everything. <laughs> um, no, because by the time I was old enough to start really sinning, um, to where they would send me to confession because my parents were not like, they were raised very Catholic, but they were like lighter Catholic with me. So of course, as like a small child, they would not send me to confession, but I know like other people may, I don't know 
how old you have to be necessarily, but um, but by that time I had started school at like this Pentecostal Christian school and I had become born again. And my again. parents again. <laughs> my parents just sent me there because they because it was a religious school and it was near Eagle Rock. And you know how religious private schools are less expensive than like real mm. private schools? You know what I'm saying? Uh, like Catholic schools or Christian schools tend to be like significantly less tuition for some reason. Um, so of course they didn't send me a Catholic school, but they sent me to this Christian school thinking, oh, but it's fine because it's like Jesus and the same thing. And it wasn't because I, when I came in and I said I was Catholic, they were like, oh my God, like you're Catholic. Like, and there was many different types of Christians there, but it was cool to be like Baptist or Lutheran or Episcopalian. But if you were Catholic, that was like considered something completely different. And it was because they said we worshiped idols and we prayed to the Virgin Mother and to saints and not directly to God. And that is true. So I remember like leaving Catholicism and stopped, I stopped going to Catholic church and I um, saved myself in, in fourth grade. Uh, I saved all over myself. Um, and I like asked Jesus to like, like bring me into his eternal arms or whatever. And then a few years later, I broke up with him because because I realized that I like culo, man, you know, and that doesn't just, that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't gel. So stupid. Yeah, it doesn't gel with the big vato in the sky, you know? I used to be, I used to think confession was so creepy, and now I think it would kind of be fun. Because I guess you could just try to, like, up up the game. One of my favorite moments in no, all- No, you just want to wear a red lip and, like, an immaculate Gucci Italian outfit. In, yeah, look like a freaking, like, fierce snatched widow. Um, yes. No, because one of my favorite cinematic moments of all time is in League of Their Own, and it's when Madonna goes in to confession, and she walks out, and she's got her red lips, and she walks out, and she's all like, cleavage, and she's like, whatever. And then you hear either the priest faint, or he comes out, and he's all sweaty, and then- Rosie O'Donnell's like, what'd you tell him in there? And she was like, I told him about my pussy. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Before we go, do we want to pick a card in honor of both of Oh, yeah. Okay. You want to do an angel card or a tarot card or both? Let's, you do an angel, I'll do a tarot. Okay. You tell me when to, you tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Tell me when to stop. Ooh, you got that classic angel card, healthy lifestyle. <laughs> well, that's good because I've just, um, I'm, I'm on my journey to becoming a muscle bear. That is so true. what that entails is a lot of eating and, but lifting weights so that you have this like good ratio of fat to muscle and that you're big, but you have a lot of muscular structure, you know, but you still may have a belly, which I've like embraced just having a belly and it's fine. It's natural. Archangel Raphael, he says, eat a healthful diet, get adequate sleep, and exercise regularly for optimal health. You are creating your health by following your inner guidance about lifestyle habits. I give you inner nudges to improve the way you eat or to exercise or rest more often. My prodding isn't to nag you or rob you of pleasure. Rather, my urgings are in response to your prayers for higher energy levels, increased well-being, and a happier mood. When you take excellent care of your body, your outlook and self-esteem naturally blossom. What a beautiful notion. You look like an incredible, wait, literally don't even move because I'm going to screenshot that right now. I look like a what? 
Don't move, don't move. A, ni a 1970s uh, La Virgen? Yes, amazing. Got it. I got the screenshot. That's all we wanted. <laughs> but, well, I guess, I, guess he, I guess that angel card reading is right because I do have major sleep problems. And that you do. That's true. Problem. Yeah, major. So I need to figure that out. Okay. Tell me when to stop. Stop. It's this card. It's <laughs> it this jumped card. out. It jumped out. Ooh. The Two of Swords. Now, I don't know what this means officially. <laughs> but I'm going to say wait. what's coming to me as someone who has a small amount of psychic ancestry, okay? Um, you see how this lady is holding two different swords? Yes. Suggesting two different opposing choices in her life. Yes. Both that, because it's a sword and not a path, it means that with whatever choice that she makes will actually end up hurting someone or something or causing a consequence in some way, right? Um, so you're at a crossroads and you need to make a choice. Like Britney? Like Britney Spears? Yes. Because I am a, not a girl, not yet a woman. Exactly. You need to make a choice. Like, what are you going to do? You know? And she's also in this uh, white dress, which suggests purity. So I think that no matter what choice is coming up for you, the choices that have to come, you are pure of heart and well-intended in terms of your concerns and whatever choice is happening um, in your life. So if you need to, let's say it's a romantic thing um, and you're choosing this over that, then that's then no matter what way you want to go, you're approaching it from a uh, goodness in your heart. So there is no like manipulation here or anything. This is just a natural choice of life. Wow. You know, I'm really impressed. Is that true? And is this about, we, we may cut, we can totally cut this part out, <laughs> but is this about like when exactly you should have a baby? Probably. Yeah. Because Probably. that seems, and it seems like basically the two swords could be like baby career or. Or like, my singing, my singing career. Right. You're singing career. My album or my baby. Things. What do I do? <laughs> it could be many different things. <laughs> I do um, love her outfit though. It's, it's very it's, Santero. It's like it's, a Santeria outfit. It's that, or, or like, it's very like Mary Queen of Scots walking to the execution oh yeah and then revealing yourself all to be in white to suggest that you didn't do what you did and that you yeah were and then you're always like i'm pure in the eyes of my god and she let was, no man know she was a stunt queen <laughs> she really was she was really like oh execution <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god well guys i think that was uh, our episode this week watch the documentary yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to say on our sign-off this time in Walter style. Con mucho. Con mucho. Mucho, mucho amor. amor. Bye. Los quiero mucho. <laughs>